When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here at the Ranger Report podcast, we only represent products we believe in. As you've heard over the past year plus, we've been running our Walton's commercial. I've been using Walton's products for a long time now, and let me tell you, they're some of the best seasonings I've ever used. One of my staples to make at my house are pork chops, and their ultimate pork chop and roast rub has gotten more compliments than anything that I've ever used. For burgers, their better burger seasoning is delicious, and I only use that on my burgers. Again, tons of compliments. They have all kind of seasonings that you can imagine. They have barbecue sauce and the thick kind, not the watery kind at all. If you're into wild game, they have seasons and rubs for that as well. Don't forget their line of sausage casings and all the tools to make your own meat products from sausage and jerky to grinders and more. Walton's really is a one-stop shop for everything but the meat. If you like tips and tricks and videos on how to do a whole lot of things when it comes to cooking, then you should go to www.meatgistics.com. Go to www.waltonsinc.com today and start shopping and tell them the Ranger Report podcast sent you. Walton's, everything but the meat. The Ranger Report, yeah, the Ranger Report, if you want the inside scoop, listen to the Ranger Report, oh, here we go! This is the Ranger Report Podcast, news, insights, Predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and CJ Berryman. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast on the Preferred Health Solutions uh, online studio. Of course, we're part of the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, Dallas Sports Nation and brought to you by Walton's. Walton's everything but the meat. I'm Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at bdieter 75 What up, y'all? I'm back. It's Kane. You are Kane's, Kane's back for another episode. It's two in a row. Uh, CJ, in a row. Is, CJ is dealing with some, some personal issues, which is cool. We're, we're he, He's hit or miss on whether he can make it. So if you're a praying person, just be praying for him. It's nothing like horrendous. It's just something that he's having to deal with. So he's a little busy. So we're Kane's been gracious enough to fill in now two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, man. I'm honored to be here. I feel like you know. I mean, you're basically you're basically part of the show at this point. Yeah, so. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> I, did, I did interview Jared Sailor with you guys, and like, did. it's been it's been like I first came on a long time ago. Yeah, when we first started with Dallas Sports Nation two years ago, I think you were our first, you were the first one we had on. So <laughs> I was like, I was like freshly sixteen and a half at that point. I was, you were, yeah, 
You were. Hey, look how far you've come. Hey, man, made it. All glory to God, made it though. All the way, man. All the way, all the way through high school, <laughs> and now you're headed to college. Look at you. Heck yeah. All right. Well, let's start talking about the Rangers. I wanted to do. We usually start with our week in review, uh, so we can't talk about the week without talking about the All Star break. So the home run derby was a little bit disappointing for Adolis Garcia, but it was fun to watch overall. Oh, uh, this is a good home run derby. Honestly, it was super fun to watch. Um, Adley Rutschman hitting from both sides of the plate was insane. Yeah. And the Julio in the first round going crazy was insane, and then the final was good. I was like. That was close. Like as soon as uh, Vladdy hit first, I was like, "Ooh, like this is going to come down close, yeah. close." Yeah. Is the number that he got, but it was a really good, really good home run derby. Yeah, I'm not usually glued to the TV for the home run derby, but especially not after our Ranger was knocked out, after Adolis was knocked out. But I stayed with it, and I'm glad I did. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch, but I gotta say, before this year. I was like, oh, the bracket format is really good. And now after this homework, I'm like, low key, they should go back to the outs format. I'm not yeah, I agree. I like that. I like the outs format better myself. That was what yeah. Josh Hamilton, when he when he hit 30 something yeah. home runs. And last year, Corey Seager had the second most home runs in, out of anybody in the first round. But he got eliminated because he was going up against Julio, who had the first most. Yep. home runs. So that was yep. a little bit annoying. But I got to say also, man. We cannot have the players wearing their team jerseys in the home run derby and then those crappy all-star uniforms, the all-star game. we got to switch that back. I did not. I mean, I'll be honest. I did not like them. We'll switch to the game. I did not like the uniforms at all. No, I hated the uniforms. They were trash last year. I'm really strict on uniforms, and I don't like pants that aren't gray or white. I just don't. And so the City Connects are different. I, I definitely like those. But yeah. like... The all-star uniforms worked ever since they switched to everybody wears the same uniforms. They've been trash. They didn't switch back to that. I agree. I liked it better when they all wore their own, but we had a, we had a record that hadn't been done, I believe since 1939 or was it 1951 having one team having six players in at the same time. It was like a long time ago. The Cincinnati Reds. It was, it was even before I was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was well before I was born, but I, yeah, six players in that one time in the second inning, and for Nathan Evaldi to be mic'd up during that was awesome, man. That was so fun. That was really, really fun. Um, but I felt kind of bad for him, though. It's got to be tough for a guy to be pitching and having to talk at the same time. Yeah, that's tough. I tweeted out, I was like, my asthmatic self could never like I could barely even pitch like without yeah. dying of an asthma attack and then talking and pitching at the same time. I could never. Yeah. And he threw a scoreless inning, so he did. Yeah. There's that, and, and and the batter could hear him on the last at bat, which yeah, is yeah, uh, was that? I think it was Corbin Carroll. Yeah, Corbin Carroll was mic'd up, so he it. could hear him. So he's like, you know, oh, I guess I can't say what I'm going to throw. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> no, before that, he was spilling it out when he was going to throw. Oh, it. Yeah, he was. He was like, you're going to throw the slider here. He's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then Luis arrives, obviously, with a knock against him. But, yeah, I mean, that's who doesn't he get a hit against? But no, that was fun, and you know, six all stars like. You know, they obviously, you know, none of the Rangers that were in starting got a hit, but like it's the all star game. Like, who cares? Like, I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, and it's just cool, you know, that we were the team. Like, yeah. to see, after the, the, the six years we've had of utter, you know, just disappointment, to see six players in at the same time was pretty awesome. I remember like the 2018 season, I think it was. That was when I was like least involved in baseball because the Rangers were so bad. And like the, I would, I would watch the All Star game. Like the only All Star was like Sinsu Chu, and he's like a reserve. And I'm like, bro, this is trash. <laughs> but like, have six All Stars and just the promos. Like uh, when they did the commercial with like the coffee house, and they had like yeah. 
coffee order and it was all the rangers was really cool and when they were going on the flight and they're all pulling up that commercial was really cool so it was just close to like the publicity around it and obviously those guys deserve it so i mean it was it was and to hear to hear the announcers in the first inning go you know, well, here's your all-star infield, or as Texas calls it, their infield. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, like the the <laughs> best part, the introductions have always been my favorite part of the all-star game ever since yeah. I was because that's that's when I started watching it. And to see the Rangers have so many all-stars was really cool for me. Cause like it reminded me a lot too of whenever in 2012 when they had so many all-star now references last time, but that was like I was so little when that, that happened, I was like dressing up in my uniform and acting like I was on the team in yeah, front oh of yeah, yeah. Me every night. And so to see that, it was really cool. Like it kind of reminded me of like when I was little, a little bit and it was really awesome. Oh, I did that this year. So <laughs> no, but it was cool though. And the game, the game was good too. I mean, yeah, it was a good game. It came down to the end and the national league pulled it out, which was fine. They haven't won in a long time. So good for them. But like I said, and it was fun overall. It was a good game. I was thinking too, a lot about how, like, I feel like, um, a lot of people talk about how they don't like baseball, but I feel like maybe part of the reason is because like, it's so much harder to write like those storybook endings. Like, like in basketball, you can hit a game winning shot, but yeah. like baseball, like when Julio Rodriguez comes up to the play in the all-star game, hometown kid, like the chances that he hits a home run to win the game are like so incredibly yeah. slim. So like he walked and so like it took away from like the moment or like, I guess when Otani struck out trout in the world baseball classic, it was, it was still an iconic moment. It but, was, like, yeah. it, but like, it's just, I feel like that's kind of part of the reason that people don't like it. But I wish, you know, why I bring that up is I, even though I'm a Ranger fan and I work for the Rangers, I wanted to see Julio Rodriguez hit a home run. I did. I did too. I did too. <laughs> yeah. That would have been so cool, but nonetheless, still a great game. Yeah. But that, that, and that's funny. Cause I was going to reference that Otani trout thing. That was probably the biggest like moment in baseball because it was one of the best hitters in the game against one of the best pitchers in the game on the world stage. It was pretty awesome. The world yeah. baseball classic this year was, better than any I remember. Oh yeah. I mean, I got the pleasure of covering that. So it yeah. was, it was awesome to cover. I mean, I really wanted to win super badly, but oh, I did too. Yeah. They fell short, but it was great because trout versus Otani. Like we don't, obviously this is the only time we're ever going to get to see that. And before the game even started, they were like, what if trout faced them? Yeah, I know. I know. The game and then it happened. And, and it then was it like, happened. Yeah. Obviously disappointing, but you know, yeah, it was pretty awesome though. That was, that was super cool. All right, let's switch over, switch gears to what just happened this uh, weekend. The Rangers won all three games against Cleveland in three different ways. On Friday night, they were down 4 nothing and then scored 12 unanswered runs. On Saturday, they won 2 nothing, And then today, they had a come-from-behind win at the end of the game to win, uh, was it 6-5? to five. So let's talk a little about that. Um, on Friday night, I, I mean, for the first five innings, they looked awful. And then it seemed like they just woke up. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think there was a lot of stretches this weekend where I was like, gosh, like they're not having great at bats, like the majority of the game on Saturday and then um, the middle innings of the game today and then the beginning of the game on Friday. But, you know, to the credit of this team, they're they're finding the big hits when they need to be. Whereas before the all-star break, they were still hitting the ball like their hitting numbers were fine. They just weren't finding the big hit when they needed it. They're doing that now. Friday. um, obviously was a good win for this team to kind of get the ball rolling on the second half um, to see the offense explode the way they did kind of like have flashbacks of April and May was, was uh, really nice. It was really nice to see. I mean, everybody was in on it. I can't remember who started on Friday. Was it? Uh. Uh, Friday was, uh, it wasn't Heaney. It was, um, 
Well, I'm like blanking. I watched this game and I, I did too. And I'm, I'm blanking too. Yeah, oh, John Gray. It was oh John yeah. Gray. Right. Right. John Gray. I, John I, feel Gray. Like I, I didn't remember. Yeah. Before. Cause they gave up the two home runs yeah. to the two brothers. Yeah. You're right. All right. He gave up the two yeah. home runs, but then he, that's what I was, why I was wondering that. Cause he settled in nicely. And we kind of saw the same with Perez today yep. where he gave up a couple of runs early and settled in nicely. Um, so John Gray, I thought did fine. Bullpen was good. Bullpen was good all weekend. Yep. Um, good comeback win Friday night for sure. And again, like I, I think I texted this to you, but to come back against the the team that had the best bullpen in the first half, to yeah. score six or seven, and what was it, seven? I think seven runs against them in the ending innings of that game. And then again today to score on that bullpen like they did. I mean, this team is once again looking well-rested, you know, after the All-Star break. It looks like they got rested and maybe not hitting in the All-Star game was a good thing because all of the <laughs> All-Stars are pounding the ball right now. Seeing their hits. Yeah, no, to be able to do it against a bullpen like that is good because you're going to have to do that against bullpens that are that good down the stretch. Yep. Um, and so for them to just come out the way they did and um, just like I said, to get the big hit when they needed it, but to consistently string like hitting is contagious. I know they say that a lot, but for, for us to see it um, this weekend, I thought it was really nice. Really good showing for the offense, honestly. Um, yep. You don't have to score 13 runs every game to win. Sometimes you can score two and win. Um, but I, really good showing for them this weekend. Bullpen was really good. Um, I know you just referenced Friday, but I mean, the, I feel like the same kind of um, yeah. storylines were true throughout the weekend. Bullpen was good. Starting mm-hmm. pitching held them in it, and the offense came up when they needed to. Yeah, I mean, the team only gave up nine runs in three games. It sounds like a lot, but, you know, they scored a whole lot more than that. So. Yeah, yeah. But, I, and that's the thing. It's all, all almost all those runs were given up by starters, not by the bullpen. Right. Yeah, the bullpen was really good. I mean, today, Cody Bradford has, did an oh, amazing yeah, yeah. job. I really think we're going to be seeing more of him down the stretch. Yep. He's been really, really good, um, obviously, starting and coming in relief. He was good. Um, Will Smith and Aroldis Chapman, like, man, that – you have two closers, essentially. Like, I – uh, the bullpen is still is not very good, but for you to have two arms like that is really nice. Oh, yeah, and you transition straight to the next topic I wanted to talk about was that we have an eighth and ninth inning that we can switch guys out depending right. on the situation who can both close and who can both shut a team down in the eighth inning. So if we can get to the eighth inning with a lead at this point, I feel like we've got a much better shot of winning than we did a month ago. Oh, 100% you do. Um, now that you have Chapman and you have Will Smith and they're both throwing the ball you know, well right now, I think to me, if I were Bruce Bochy, I think Chapman is more of my 1A closer because mm-hmm. he only goes one inning, whereas Will Smith can go multiple innings. And we saw that yesterday with how Bruce Bochy um, kind of played out the bullpen. He brought Smith in in the seventh whenever um, – I forget who was uh, – It was Grant Anderson. It was Grant Anderson. So he pitched the seventh, got one out, and then Will Smith – got the rest of the outs in that inning and pitched the eighth inning. And then he passed it off to Chapman in the night. That's how I think the bullpen will be constructed the rest of the way. But you saw today, um, you know, Chapman, he threw two days in a row. He threw Friday and Saturday. So it wasn't available today. Well, Will Smith came in and was able to get, get it done. And for him to throw um, an inning and two thirds and then come back the next day and get the save is pretty huge. So I think yeah, it is. You, you do, you really, once you can, and honestly, this team is going to make trades as far as bullpen goes. Oh yeah. So once you can solidify like the middle innings, like it's pretty much think of it as like a baton race. You just got to get the baton to Will yep. Smith and Aldis Chapman and you can cross the finish line. And so once you get the guys that can help you get the baton to the back end, I think this bullpen, I, I really think that this bullpen isn't going to be as much of an issue as it's been.
Yeah, and I think once Sporzy comes off the injured list, if he can pitch anything like he did before the injury, because obviously I think the injury he has hampered his last two outings where he did badly. But he right. was on fire before that. If he can come back anything like he is, then you pretty much have your seventh, eighth, and ninth taken care of. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I honestly maybe of the minority when I'm saying this, but I really do think that there's still some guys that can help you out back there. I think Grant Anderson can help you out still. Mm-hmm. I'm still a believer in Brock Burke. I think like yes. you said, with Josh sports coming back. So I really think, you know, this team, it, this doesn't hinder them making additions. I think they're mm-hmm. so big additions, but what I'm saying is I really don't think this bullpen is as bad as um, people are really saying. And honestly, I might may even be a little more concerned about the starting rotation right now than I am the bullpen. Yeah, because Perez and Heaney, I mean, Heaney, when he's on, he's fantastic. Right. And when he's just, on, he's, he's terrible. Right now, we've we've really got to figure out what version of Martin Perez and yep. Andrew Heaney we're going to get. And we've also got to figure out if Dane Dunning is going to be able to sustain what he's done um, throughout this season. So I, I honestly... I'm sitting here today and I may be more concerned about the starting rotation. Yeah, because there is there is three question marks going forward in the rotation is 100%. which Heaney, which Perez, and if Dunning starts falling apart, what do you do? Because he's been one of your most consistent starters up till now. But I mean, can he sustain that for an entire uh, entire uh, season? I don't know because right. he's never done something like this before. Right. An entire 162 plus the playoffs. I know we talked about yeah. this last time, but like even like, you know, John Gray and Nathan Navaldi haven't even done this in a Ranger uniform. So yeah. like you really, really, I, I feel like that needs to be addressed, but the yeah. both, both definitely do. But I honestly am sitting here a little more concerned about the rotation than I am. Well, I think, I think, I think a frontline starter is, is something that they're going after and they're pursuing. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, look, the, the farm system is going to get a little bit, you know, yeah, it's going to get traded. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, hundred percent. I think there's still guys that, no, I'm not saying an Otani trade is coming because it's no, I don't think so. Yeah. But but you're you're gonna have to pay. Stuff costs more at the trade deadline than it does in the offseason. And so you're gonna have yeah. to pay up if you want to go get a guy like uh Marcus Stroman or you want to yeah. go package of Mitch Keller and David Bednar. Like you're gonna have to pay up for that type of stuff. And so it's like um the Rangers have plenty of help down there in the farm system, and so yeah. you've gotta, you know, you gotta improve your team now. You're in first place. You would if if the season ended today, you would have a buy as far as wild card round goes. So like yep. once you get to playoffs, anything can happen. Phillies made a run last year. The Braves made a run the year before. Yep. And so it's like you've got to do what you can to go get a ring. You know, obviously, yeah. obviously, like I was listening to 105 through the fan yesterday. And I love how Jared Sandler put it. This is year zero of the Rangers title window because their title yeah. really wasn't supposed to open until next year. Correct. But if opened a little bit early, go for it. And I think Chris Young is a go for it type of general manager. And the reason I don't see Otani coming here during the, especially not in a trade is like, I don't think the Rangers want to see Owen White, Evan Carter, Louis, Louis and Helicuna. I don't think they want to see them all succeeding in an angels uniform. So right now I haven't dug into Otani stuff super seriously. I know a lot of people have, um, I, I don't know that Chris Young, you know, pulls the trigger on that because of that stuff. A, but essentially like it's a rental. Yeah. Unless he, unless he guarantees, unless when you get him, you sign him for another, you know, 10 years or eight years. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I really think he's going to end up on the West coast and free agency, whether that's the Dodgers or the 
Giants or maybe, you know, the bright lights of New York City can pull him away. But I don't think the bright lights of Arlington, Texas will pull him away. No, and from what I hear, he hates pitching in New York. So I don't know that that he'd go there. Yeah, I I think he's going to end up on the West Coast, whether that's Seattle, whether that's the Dodgers, whether that's the Giants. I think he's going to end up somewhere on the West Coast. But, um, I mean, there's pros and cons to it, right? Like, you are trading for one of the best hitters in baseball and a frontline starter. Yeah. Um, and all in one. But at the same time, this is the greatest player that's ever been traded, certainly in my lifetime. And so you're going to have to dig up the farm system. Like I saw a Bleacher Report article the other day that said the Rangers would give up like Carter, Acuna, and Porter, I think it was. And I was like looking at that and I was like, I don't even know yeah. that that's enough. And so yeah, it's no. you're really going to have to, the angels, they, they just reported that the angels are going to want multiple top 100 prospects. So that's like, just from a ranger standpoint, that's like some combination of Evan, Evan Carter, Brock Porter, Sebastian Walcott, Luis yeah. Cunha, those are your top 100 prospects. So if you're willing to part way with multiple of those guys and personally, um, Evan Carter, I don't want to get rid of Sebastian no. I think is the next no. up after Corey Seager and Owen White, I think is your best pitching prospect right now. I wouldn't want to give away any of those guys. Nope. And so it's like, I know, I know what people are going to say. People are going to listen to this. And they're going to be like, Kane, you said the same thing with Juan Soto. You just don't want to give like, now yeah. is not the time. And this type no. of player who is international players are so much different. You know, yep. I well, think here, here's my deal about the trading for Otani we're not in a one year window. Like the Rangers, this isn't their only shot to win the world series. Like we're in a five to seven year window where we're going to be good. And so there's no need to, to rush out. And that's what I think. I I actually, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't find a move they wanted and they stayed with what they had. Yeah. I mean, I would be a little disappointed, but I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, this is year zero. So you, you know, I I think they will upgrade this team. I think trades are going to be done for sure. But, um, you're not gonna, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers, you know, make some moves and it's like, it's not for the best chips that are available right yeah. now. Yeah. You don't want to tear up the farm system in year zero of a rebuild, right? Correct. Correct. Like if, you, if you look at like other, that's again, like with the Otani thing is like other teams that are facing more pressure to win now are more inclined to trade for yeah. Yeah. Joey Otani. He's not a controllable, controllable piece. Nope. And so it's like, nope. you know, it, it, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it would happen. And especially with the Rangers being in the same division as the angels inner division trading is just so hard. Yes. I, it's just, it's really unlikely, honestly, fun to All think, right. about, but really it is fun to think about for sure. But yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. Let's move on. The Rangers have a showdown with the number one team in baseball coming or actually number two. Now uh, Atlanta has a better record now by one game or by half a game, I think, but yeah. Tampa Bay best in the American league, 60 and 36. And the Rangers are 55 and 39. So they face off on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in Arlington. This ought to be a fantastic series. Uh, right out of the gate, they have a tough, tough uh, uh, test with McClanahan, who's 11 and 1 with a 253 ERA. And he's going against Dunning, who's 8 and 2 with a 284 ERA. This ought to be, if it works out like it should, this ought to be a low scoring game and a really fun game to watch. Yeah, I think. For the Rays, it's it's crazy to think about. You know, you just mentioned the Rays record. You just mentioned the fact that they're second in baseball. They've sucked recently. They've yeah, been oh yeah, really, really bad recently. And so that just kind of goes to show how 
phenomenal of a start they got out to. That was the greatest start I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're back, back in April, we're comparing them to all these teams that I haven't even heard of from the 1800s. Yeah. Like who are the St. Louis Browns? And, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, but the Cleveland spiders. Yeah. I don't know. Who these <laughs> are. I, I think I could probably take any pitcher on the Cleveland spiders deep, but <laughs> no, nah, I mean, they're still a good team. They're still a dangerous team with lots of, um, you know, good players. Obviously Shane McClanahan is the best starter in baseball when healthy to me. And so you're facing him on Monday, but this is his first start off the IL since late June. And so, you know, he may be limited as far as that goes. Um, So you may catch a little bit of a break there. Obviously Dane Dunning has a really tough test ahead of him with that Tampa lineup, which is so so good. Um, All the Rangers pitchers do, but I think with this being the first series out of the all-star break, Bruce Bochy could kind of line up his rotation um, in the way that he wanted to. I I think he really wanted to put Martin Perez pitching in this series and not the Tampa series because Tampa hit so well off of him last time. Same with Andrew Heaney. All right. Same with Andrew Heaney. And so you're going with three righties and Dunning, um, Evaldi, Evaldi and Gray. So yeah, you've got a tough, tough, te- tough test ahead of you. Uh, Taj Bradley is pitching for Tampa on Tuesday. Really, really good young arm. And yep. so it's going to be tough, but it's going to be fun. I'm excited because Tampa's coming here now. So our fans are going to get a chance to see this matchup that was so hyped up back yeah. in. When did we play them in June or? It was, no, it was in May, I believe. Late May. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, it's going to be good. I'm excited. I'll be out there on Tuesday working. So if you come see me, say what's up, take a picture, do whatever, all the things and, uh, get some brisket, mac and cheese, get some brisket, mac and cheese. Heck yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it's going to be a great series. I'm excited. And y'all should be too. No, I, sh- I, I can see, I can see the Rangers coming out of it with two wins. I can see them winning the series. They 100%. could sweep if everything goes perfect, but I, I have my doubts because Tampa just too good hitting. I think they're going to get to somebody at some point, you know? So I think, I think, Avaldi, I think Avaldi should win that game. Um, and like you said, with McClanahan, depends how long they let him go and how how good he looks coming off the IL. If the Rangers can get to McClanahan early, they could blow blow Tampa out in that game. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, but if McClanahan controls them, then they could have a little trouble if Dunning runs into any trouble whatsoever. So I think Rangers take two out of three in that series, and then after that, they have the Dodgers, who's another really good another really good team coming up after that. So. Three yeah. game series this weekend with the Dodgers. It ought to be also very, very fun. Um, I'm not working any of those because I didn't have time to do it, but anyway, being Saturday and Sunday. Cool. But for me, if there's one thing I hate, is I hate in baseball predicting series and predicting games. It's yep. just unpredictable with 162. But yeah, the Rangers are a good enough team to take both these series, 100%. Yeah. And the Dodgers are sitting right now at 53 and 38. They won't be yeah, the Dodgers been playing really well lately. The, the beginning yep. of the season, the NL West was like, oh, shoot, like Arizona's up there. And the yep. Dodgers have just been playing really well. Like, no, 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 like we're still here. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, so to watch. It'll be interesting to see Seeger against the Dodgers, you know, here in Arlington. Yeah, I think this is the first time playing. I think I think he will light it up against the Dodgers. Personally. I think so too. I mean, he, you know, you well, know, okay. he, he's well, been lighted up against everybody. So yeah. I see why it'd be any different. Best shortstop in baseball, but nah, but um, you know, there's a little extra motivation there for oh, him yeah. to play well against you know his old team. So he's going to be excited for that one, and you know, it's going to be a great series. I'm excited. I've never seen Mookie Betts in person. I don't think so. I'm excited to watch him play and just Dodger I games have- are always fun. 
I have when he was with Boston. So I oh, gotcha. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of Dodger fans in the building. Some Ranger fans y'all need to show out. Yes. Well, that's going to be a great series. Like you said, I think it's going to be fantastic. It ought to be fun. And I mean, it's kind of like Simeon. Well, I would say it's kind of like Simeon against Oakland, except that everyone hits well against Oakland. So <laughs> that's not really a good comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. Hey, but they've, they've come on at least a little bit. They're not, you know, they're not on a record pace for the worst record in history anymore. I got to say, I see a bunch of people flaming the A's. Why aren't y'all flaming the Royals? They're just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, actually, the A's haven't been as bad as they started lately. I mean, they have 25 wins, which, you know, in when, when May started, it looked like they weren't going to get 25 wins on the season. <laughs> this was so funny. I saw the other day, I saw a TikTok of this guy, and he was at the A's game, and he was like, all right, I'm going to walk around until I find somebody wearing a jersey of a current A's player. <laughs> it took him so long. Like, he almost <laughs> made it around the whole stadium. <laughs> now that's funny that's really funny i feel bad but you know i mean the a's, every the, a's know, the a's know what they are every time we play the a's i see ace fans and i'm like yeah. I, what yeah wow there are those yeah i didn't i was like i did not know they existed yeah i didn't either no but for for a's they're they're uh i think they aren't statistically eliminated yet but they're eliminated yeah and and they have, you seven, gotta, they have 70 losses in july yeah, that's crazy. And if you're the A's too, you know, we've been doing the worst team gets the number one pick since the beginning of time. And the second that you're bad, we start a draft lottery. Now they may not get the number one pick. That is terrible. You missed out on Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. Now you're going to miss out on whoever's out there next year. Yep. Oh, speaking of that, I'm hearing good news on the uh, on the signing of our number one draft pick. Yeah. Why Langford, man? It I'm, sounds like Langford's going to sign. It sounds like it's the negotiations are going well, and he's going to sign. And he's going to be the best prospect in the Rangers system the second that pin hits the paper. Actually, I think they said he'll be number two. I think they said Carter will still be. Oh, number Car- Oh, yeah, that's right. Carter yeah. will still be above him, but he's going to be like a top. Well, they say Langford will, will sit number two right now on the Rangers top one hundred. So, but he's going to be like top fifteen, top something in baseball. Yeah, he'll be. Yeah, he'll be in the top one hundred right away in baseball. Oh, yeah. So I still can't believe, man, we talked about that, but he, I can't believe he fell to number four. Dude, I know. It was crazy. And, I mean, you were hoping, like, you couldn't get one oh, yeah. of those big four, big five guys. I know that Baseball America just put out their um, list of top 100 prospects. I tweeted about that the other day, but Sebastian Walcott actually made it, so that was uh, that was nice. Yes, to see. That and dude it, is tearing it up. Okay, see, Arizona. that's what I was referring to, because Baseball America had Langford over Carter. They had Langford at 11 and Carter at 12. Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't, obviously MLB.com is what everyone goes off of. So those haven't yeah. come out yet, but baseball America is clearly high on him. And well, you know, it's just talking to some people. I heard that he'll be number two on the Rangers. Right. The Rangers yeah. Yeah. Center. Yeah. But man, I mean, you're getting a heck of a prospect. All right. Let's move on to our new segment that I know Kane's looking forward to doing. Um, <laughs> all right. So what I did is each week where this new segment is going to be called, uh, uh, what did I call it? Let me go back and look at my notes. We're going to call it uh, What the Tweet. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here for this. You told me about this. I don't know if it was off camera last time, but I'm so excited to be here for this. So we're going to start this segment tonight. I'm going to take three of the most interesting tweets I saw this week about the Rangers, and we're going to vote on which one is the best slash worst, however you want to put it. <laughs> so I've got three this week. All of them happened during the first game uh, Cleveland and Texas when Texas was down four to nothing. Oh, nice. Are you going to call them out or now you're just going to read them? No, I'm not going to call them out. I'm just gonna read them. <laughs> All right. So here's the first one. It's hard to believe this team was good in the first half. I'm not saying it was a fluke, maybe just a year early. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that one's not awful. That's not that bad. All right, here's the second one. This team is borderline impossible to watch. Oh, impossible. I don't want to hear it's July. I'm fed up with <clears throat> uh, poor baseball <laughs> from the Rangers. <laughs> nice. That's good. That's a good one. And then my favorite one, this team is straight, but LMAO, WTF, are the clowns doing? <laughs> Dude, is that a 12-year-old? Like, <laughs> And that that is before a, a three-game sweep of the Cleveland Guardians. I like... Um, can you read the second one one more time? Yeah, this team is borderline impossible to watch. I don't want to hear it's July. I'm fed up with piss poor baseball from the Rangers. I'm not going to lie. I like that one just because it said impossible to watch. <laughs> a team Maybe. with six all-stars is impossible to watch. Yeah, the the team, the, the that and the third one was what I was going between, but I'm going to go with yours. So I think the uh, borderline impossible to watch is going to win our, our first ever what the tweet. Is there a prize for this? Is there like... I don't know. We got to come up with one. I also had an honorable mention. Someone sent directly to me that said, this team is on full-fledged choke fest. Pathetic. Nice. That was an honorable mention. Prize like a Ranger Report merch or something. There's got to be a prize for the winner of this of this coveted uh, coveted. I'm sure no one coveted covets it at all. But anyway, I thought it'd be fun. We'll start doing it each week. I would go for that if I was not working. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) All right. So that is what the tweet. We'll start that. uh, We started it. So congratulations. I won't say your name, but congratulations on calling the Rangers impossible to watch. Right. You know who you are. Right before they swept the Cleveland, yeah, if you listen, you know who you are. Right before you swept the Cleveland Indians. Um, yeah. right, good job. Good job. So, you know, maybe slight overreaction, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, I think he's right on. Impossible. Yeah, they're impossible to watch. I can't. It's impossible for me to go to work every day. <laughs> I hate comebacks. They're terrible. I can't believe they're doing that. Uh, just quit. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be it for this week. Thank you guys very much. Kane, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's fun. All right. See you later, bud. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.